Brethren, by faith Abraham sojourned in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, received promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched raising fires, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, Women received their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mockings and scourging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were killed with the sword. They went about in sheep, in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering over deserts and mountains in day, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though well attested by their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had foreseen something better for us. But apart from us they should not be made perfect. The reader and to your spirit. Obed the 
father of Jesse, and Jesse of Jesse the father of David the king, and David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asa, and Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Matan, and Matan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were fourteen generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, fourteen generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to Christ, fourteen generations. Now the birth of Christ took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had borne a son. And he called his name Jesus. Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. Son and the Holy Spirit. Christ is in our midst. I don't usually start out my homilies by saying that. Cooler priests than me do. But I thought today, especially, this was appropriate because truly Christ is in our midst. And this is not something new. This is not something that is, is, is different this Sunday than any other Sunday. 
But today is called the Sunday before the Nativity of Christ. And already we are anticipating by the Gospel reading and by the hymns of the Church, we're anticipating the Advent, the Incarnation of Christ. God Himself taking flesh and being among us. Christ truly is in our midst. Christmas is almost here. And yet it seems like there's two Christmases. There's the Christian churchy Christmas, which sometimes breaks through all the carols we hear on the radio and in the mall. How many of you are thinking about presents? Or have thought about presents? Oh, no one. Oh, it's that bunch of churchy Christians. Yeah. But I think many of us have to admit that presents occupy, these gifts occupy this sort of central part of our activity. We've got this list of people that we need to buy presents for. We spend time thinking about what they want. We, we talk to their relatives and find out what they want, what they need. And, and we spend time looking and shopping. Shopping has become the probably primary activity of the nativity fast. Strangely enough, for us who are fasting and preparing for Christ's appearance in the world, we also participate in this other sort of Christmas these presents and these gifts it becomes a preoccupa- preoccupation. We have things like Black Friday and Cyber Monday and we're looking for deals and we're looking for just the right gift thoughtfully finding that one. For some of us it becomes so much of a chore. We have to get these gifts for certain family members. It becomes a little overwhelming and we're reminded that it's the thought that counts. And as I was equally involved in this gift-giving and preparing and wrapping presents, and also preparing for this homily, I began to be a little overwhelmed by the enormity and the awesomeness of God's gift to us. This gift that we are receiving anew this year, really in every day that we are able to receive it. As we approach this feast, Christ... God is giving us Himself, His very self. Christ truly is in our midst, and He is offering Himself to us. It says in today's Gospel, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and His name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the good news that is proclaimed by the angels to the shepherd. That God is with us. And this other Christmas that is happening parallel to the one that Christ has initiated with us has seemingly forgotten all about us. This is what we are celebrating. We are not celebrating Santa. We are not celebrating trees and presents and family gatherings as good, perhaps, as all those are. We are celebrating the presence of Christ in our midst. Now, most of you have probably received a gift before that was very special. When you received it, you 
were in somewhat awe or, or overwhelmed perhaps by the, the amount of thoughtfulness and time and love that that gift had obviously been put into that gift before it was given to you. And, and you feel this, this feeling, this, this sense that you must do something. And I'm thinking about a good number of us in this parish of a certain age, young people, who received um, hand-knitted Afghans from Yaya, Virginia, years ago. I don't know how many of there are, but there's a whole bunch of you in the parish who have these red, white, and blue striped Afghans that Yaya, Virginia made with great love. Now, think now about that gift which overwhelmed you and motivated you to return that gift of love. And think now and stop to ponder this gift that we have been given. Christ Himself. Consider the preparation and the thought that went into Christ's gift to us. Before the creation of the world, our loving God planned this gift for us. The infinite God, the creator of all, would take on human flesh from a virgin and through a long list of people which we just commemorated in the gospel today. And he would unite himself to our human lives that we could know him and have communion with him. Christ, our God, is born a child so that we could be reborn as children of God. How's that for a well-thought-out Christmas gift? And yet in this busy season, we forget sometimes to take time to ponder this. So we now have two more days until we celebrate the Nativity, and we celebrate Christmas, and we open our gifts, and we gather with family. And after that, we have another 12 days the church has given us to celebrate this feast, to stay in this feast, to ponder this great gift, to think on it, and to think maybe how we might return and make a return for this incredible gift that God has given us. In the book by, about St. Silouan by Elder Sophroni, it says, In Christ's incarnation... He has assimilated every man's existence into himself. The Son of Man has taken all humanity into himself. With what purpose? He has taken all of humanity into himself by taking on flesh. With what purpose? So that he could take death into himself, take our death into himself, and destroy it so that he can give us, as a gift, his eternal life. He takes into himself our life and he exchanges that for his eternal life. Now that's a good deal on a gift exchange. Christ gives us his eternal life in exchange for our life of death. Now this gift is not just for we who believe. It is not just for those of us who celebrate the Nativity. This gift is for all, for every single person, for all those people who are completely ignoring the real reason for Christ or are completely ignorant of this, the true meaning of this season. Elder Sophroni goes on to say, 
every human being is a permanent, eternal value, more precious than all the world. All people are bearers of the Holy Spirit, bearers of the eternal light of truth which to some degree inhabits and illumines everyone. We would say from our perspective that we, as Christians even, are unworthy of this incredible gift of Christ Himself. And we might be tempted to think that all those out there who ignore Him, or worse, are unworthy of the gift. But from Christ's perspective, every single person is of infinite, permanent, eternal value. And He is glad to offer Himself for us. Someone asked me, why do we read that whole list every year, all of those people in that genealogy every year on the Sunday before the Nativity? We get through that whole list, and at the end there's this little dinky part about the uh, Nativity of Christ. Well, if we look at that list carefully, we see the first two or three are the holy patriarchs. But it doesn't take long that we get into some people who are not pure, who are not holy, who are not righteous. It includes harlots, liars, a woman who seduced her father-in-law. It includes murderers and adulterers and some holy people, both the righteous and the unrighteous. It even lists some who are Gentiles. The king of the Jews is born not only of the Jews, but of all people. God's plan of salvation, as we see in this thread through this list of names, His very incarnation incorporates all, all of humanity, the righteous and the unrighteous. So this gift that we are receiving again and again, this gift of Christ Himself, is not just for us, but is for all. It says in Hebrews, in the letter to the Hebrews, He is not ashamed to call us His brothers, both the one who makes us holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. From God's perspective, it is His desire to raise us up and make us His equals that He can exchange His life for ours. And if He is not ashamed to call all those people, sinners and righteous, as His ancestors, He will not be ashamed to adopt us as His sons and daughters. In fact, He is jealous to adopt as everyone as His sons and His daughters. So what shall we do with this great gift? How shall we respond? This gift that our Lord is offering us over and over again. When we get a gift, especially a gift that is so thought out and so lovingly given, we feel this desire to to give back. I delivered peanut butter balls to some of my neighbors yesterday, and within an hour, my neighbors had delivered cookies to, to us. The giving of a gift and the receiving of a gift is inspiring. It inspires us to then give back. So then how are we to respond? 
I would like to read a little piece from the gospel, which I believe we'll read at one of the nativity services in the next few days. Then, this is from the gospel of Luke. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy to all people. From there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now when the shepherds had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard as it was told them. I think that if we read this carefully or think about it in the coming days, there is a way, there is something that we can do, something that we can respond to Christ with this great gift that He's given us. Number one, we can be like Mary. What did it say that she did? She observed all these things and all of the things that occurred, the things that the shepherds had said to her, and she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The gifts of Christ are aimed towards our hearts. We know the good news. We know the facts. We know the Bible story. We know the story of the nativity. And we have it all in our heads. We know it. We've been there. We've done that. We're going to do it again next year. We've got icons that show the pictures. We know all this. We have it all here. But in the rush of Christmas, we sometimes forget to bring it into our hearts. Because this is where the gift is given to us. Our job, if we were really to be renewed and transformed, is to bring this gift into our hearts. So that then this gift Christ has given us, He can live there. And He can change us into His likeness. The second thing we can do is be like the shepherds. When they returned after their encounter with the newborn Christ, what were they doing? They were glorifying and praising and thanking God for all that they had seen. Let us, in this nativity season, renew our prayers with thanksgiving from the heart for this great gift of Christ's presence so that we might be called the children of God. We can also be like the shepherds. A third thing. What did they do when they left? They made known widely all that was told them. Since Christ is not ashamed to call us His brothers and sisters, we must not be ashamed of Him and His gospel in a world that ignores the reality of Christ's nativity. That ignores the world, ignores the reality that that Christ has been born among us. That Christ is in our midst. That God is with us. Let us find ways of sharing Christ's gifts with all those around us because it is to them that this gift is intended. It is not intended for us to keep it to ourselves. We are too like, like the shepherds to, be, to make it widely known. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, we have given such beautiful gifts from our Lord. And He desires that those gifts would change us. 
that they would motivate us, they would move us and make us Christians, little Christs. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let all of us prepare our hearts that we might truly, maybe in a new way, maybe in a fuller way, receive Christ and then be able to share the love of Christ with all those that He has placed in our midst. Amen.